1: Your people who are called by your name.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: And pray and seek your face and turn from my wicked ways and you will heal our land.
0: My heart is so happy today. I awakened this morning early, early with shouts of praise and worship and honor to Jesus. My heart is bursting with joy. He is so magnificent. You see, Pastor, why are you so happy today? I'm happy because of Jesus. He's awesome. He is worthy of praise and honor and glory. His love is so magnificent. And what he's done for us, wow, what he's done for us blows my mind. Let me read it for you. Romans, the sixth chapter. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I have been set free from sin. He has redeemed my life. He has changed me. He has done a work in my life, and I praise him for this. I rejoice in him. I can barely contain myself today. He is so wonderful. He is awesome. Now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. I could say the benefit you reap leads to happiness, leads to joy, it leads to healing, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans, the sixth chapter. You know, I've concentrated a lot on trying to call you out of your sin, trying to call you to get serious with Jesus, that I've perhaps not spoken often enough about the glorious power of Jesus once you have received him and entered into Jesus the joy and the freedom. I know so many, and I was so guilty of this, receiving Jesus as my Lord and then making every attempt to do it right, slaving and struggling. No more. I'm no longer slaving and struggling. I'm free in Jesus. The work is what he does in my heart. The work is what he's accomplished in my spirit, and he set me free, and he set my feet to dancing. How do you think the prodigal son felt when he came home and was received with a robe and sandals and a ring on his finger and the fatted calf killed there was it was party time it was celebration time it was hugs time it was time to be with dad it's that way now for me i want it to be that way for you i want you to be free in jesus I want you to know that you don't have to suffer the consequences of your sin. It can be all forgiven and wiped out, and you can start over. You can start new. It's a new beginning. You died. When you came to Christ, you died. And all things are new. And you're saying, well, but pastor... I've got to slave away, and I've got to repay what I've done, and I've got to do this, and I've... No, you don't! That's the gospel! It's all covered by Jesus. I remember when I was $70,000 in credit card debt many years ago. I was upside down. I was at the end of myself. I had no job. I had no income. I had nothing I was ready to be evicted from my house. The utilities were to all be cut off. My late wife and myself went in. We took all the bills, all the credit card bills. We laid it all out before God. We repented. We acknowledged that we were wrong. People advised us, declare bankruptcy. No, that would be stealing for us. So we laid it all down before the Lord. And we said, Lord, we did this because we didn't trust you. We sinned against you. Now we put it under your blood, and these bills no longer belong to us. They belong to you now, Jesus. And you covered them at the cross. Now you tell us what to do, and we'll do it. He said, I will pay for the the bills. I will cover them. Each month, you set an amount, and you send that amount to cover the debt you have. It's my debt. Well, we didn't have a job. We had no means of of earning a living. We tried, and I was hopeless. But when I came to Jesus... I laid it all out before him. I repented of my foolish decisions that I'd made. He stepped in. I still had no job. But Jesus sovereignly... I had no church. Jesus sovereignly stepped into my situation and my wife's situation, and he covered every bill every month, How did he do it? I don't know. He just, he had people send us money. He had insurance policies of the past come paying us. He had a whole number of ways that he moved in power to cover that debt. And by the year 2000, we were debt-free. But we were debt-free when we made the decision to repent and put it under the blood of Jesus, and he stepped in, and he set us free. And we rejoiced in his incredible love and mercy and kindness. I don't know what your situation is today, but Jesus knows. And if you're walking heavy of heart, if you're walking in fear and discouragement, know that that is not where Jesus wants you to walk. He wants you to walk in repentance and confession of any sin you've committed, and he wants you to be free in him. He wants you to praise him and rejoice in his mighty name. He wants you to lift up holy hands and say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you. You have delivered me. Well, what if it doesn't Look like he's delivered you. No, you stand in faith. I am delivered in the name of Jesus. The bills are all there. Jesus said he'd cover them. And you pray through that until you get a very clear word from the Lord. And if the word that comes to you is, you struggle every month and you agonize every month and you make the payments on this. You didn't hear from Jesus. You heard from the devil. That's not how Jesus works. See, dead men have no debts. It was all paid by Jesus on the cross. If we will appropriate that to our situation, he will cover us. I testify today he has covered me. He has carried me. He has provided for me and i rejoice in him ah uh, I, I was reading and rereading my father's two favorite books in the bible first and second peter first and second peter i want to share with you today a perspective from second peter if you can catch this it will change your life. Second Peter, To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Have you received the faith of Jesus Christ? It is a precious gift. It covers everything. It opens the door of your heart and your life. And you can begin to rejoice because that faith will make you righteous. Listen grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Well, what is grace? Unmerited favor. What is peace? It's shalom, it's all provision. So, no, I don't deserve what I have. I should slave for the next years to cover what I've done. But that's not what Peter says. He says, grace, unmerited favor, and shalom, be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. That word knowledge means the practical working, how God actually works. And I tell you now, he works by faith and only by faith. And as you take that stand by faith, you let go of your worry and your fear and your discouragement, you let go of your anger, you let go of your God is a hard man, I've got to do this. You let go of all that and you begin to rejoice in Jesus and happiness fills your heart and freedom floods your life. his power, his divine dunamis, dynamite, has given us everything we need for life and godliness. The promise is that Jesus will give to us if we will receive this precious faith, if we will receive this grace and this shalom, this provision in abundance to the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, if we know he wants to give us that. His divine power, his dynamite, dunamis, we get the word dynamite from it. It's explosive power. This explosive power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Well, what do I need for life? Food and shelter, transportation, debt forgiven, or paid by Jesus? What do we need for godliness? Turning away from sin? Walking in holiness? No longer walking as a slave to the devil? No longer walking as a slave to bitterness and anger and every kind of wickedness? everything we need for life and godliness comes to us through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So the corruption in our heart and in the world, comes out of evil desires. The way we overcome those lustful, evil desires is not by struggling against them, but receiving the great and precious promises of Scripture by which we begin to enter into the divine nature of God. Those promises have to be received and activated and that is done through confession repentance turning from our sin and standing by faith that God will do what he's promised us he will do with dynamite power now do you see why I'm happy (laughs) you see why I'm rejoicing in Jesus he's given me his divine power, everything I need for life and godliness. He's given me his very great and precious promises by which I can participate in the divine nature and no longer be caught in the devil's nature, no longer be caught in the evil that sprung up in my own heart because I was, I was born as a son of Adam. I have the victory. Now, I'm going to be very straight with you. Anyone who tells you that you cannot be free does not have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Anyone who tells you that you are going to continue to walk in sin the rest of your life, even though you're saved, quote, unquote, They don't have the knowledge of God. And they don't know the power of the divine promises of God. Where you enter into his divine nature via these promises. These promises are throughout the scripture. And they are precious to me. Luke 11, 23 and 24. Or Mark, I'm sorry, Mark 11, 23 and 24. Command that tree to be removed... Command that mountain to be removed into the sea, and it will be done for you. You're not going to move it with a shovel and a pick. Jesus will move that mountain if you pray through on that precious promise of God by which you enter into his divine nature. Now, I want you to see something today. Peter, in this first chapter, is talking about what our work is what our our life is after we have received the divine promises of god after we have participated in his divine nature after we have been set free from sin what is our work this is a glorious work look at verse 5 make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, persevere. How do you do that? You do it via the promises of God. That's how you participate in the divine nature. This is not self-help. This is not working out a strategy for how I can learn to have more patience when I'm so angry. No. This is entering into the divine promises of God. Did you know there are promises of God about the gift of goodness being given to you, about knowledge being given to you, about self-control being given to you, about godliness and brotherly kindness being given to you, about love being given to you? These are all gifts of God, but they come to us through the divine promises of God. We participate in the divine nature via these wonderful promises of Scripture. As we activate these promises in the prayer closet, I'm not talking about activating promises for a Cadillac or a Mercedes or a BMW. I'm talking about something other than that demonic witchcraft power. Oh, I want to put a picture of a Mercedes up on my refrigerator and then I'm going to confess every day I have that. That's mine. That Mercedes is mine. I'm going to have it. I'm going to drive it. No, you're not. That's witchcraft. The devil may give it to you. But I tell you, what we confess and what we ask for are the promises that give us goodness and knowledge and self-control, and and perseverance, and godliness, and brotherly kindness, and love. These qualities of life we increasingly have in our lives as we read the scriptures, and we cry out to God, and we believe in his promises, and we stand by faith, this work is done in me. I've, I've shared this story before. In high school, I was so angry. I was a farm boy thrust by my parents into this very sophisticated boarding academy. And I didn't have the clothes. I didn't have the social skills. And I was put down. I was bullied. I was angry. And in those days, I dealt with my anger by using my fists. And, and boys learned to respect me because dad said to me, if you're going to get in a fight, be the first one to punch and take them out. One punch, take them out. That's what I practiced. But it was a Christian boarding school and I was getting sick of my anger. But I couldn't control it. It was explosive. I didn't get red. I got white angry. I was sitting in a worship service. We had what we called a week of prayer. And this pastor was was preaching about Jesus. And he touched on anger. And my mind left the sermon. And my spirit began to cry out and say, Jesus, will you take this anger from me? I don't want to hurt people anymore. I don't want this anger anymore, Jesus. Will you take it from me? And I began to sit there as a a young teenager farm boy in this sophisticated academy, and I began to weep. (laughs) I looked around, and everybody else was crying too. I don't know what they were crying about, but I was crying over my anger and I was repenting. And suddenly, this incredible peace came over my heart. Joy filled my spirit. The anger was gone. And you know what? It never came back. I haven't been in a fight since. I have, I have peace and love in my heart, and it was a gift from Jesus. Why should I not rejoice in what Jesus has done? I didn't have to go to, to rage management classes. I didn't have to go through strategies and psychotherapy to deal with my anger. I gave it and asked Jesus to take it, and he took it, and he set me free. He set me free. See, the whole Christian gospel is about freedom and joy and life. If you are having anger, bitterness, if you're having depression, which is just repressed anger, if you're having discouragement, and fear. All of that comes out of not dying fully to Jesus, not dying with him, not being crucified with him. And there's only one answer for that. Get the work finished quickly so you can rejoice in him. Life is too precious and too short not to be filled with happiness and joy and say, Jesus, I trust you. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You know, right now, I'm in a very hard place. I'll be straight up with you. I'm older. I've been struggling with some health issues. There's financial issues. The cost for this radio, the cost for my personal expenses? My heart is to be able to give a great deal more? Two families, I already help every month, but I want to help more. How should I deal with that? Should I be discouraged and down and say, Lord, look at this. I'm going to die if you don't help me. No, are you kidding me? I lift up my hands and I say, Jesus, I trust you. You promised healing. You said, by your stripes, I am healed. Am I healed yet of this? No, I'm not, but I will be. I will be. I've had this ear infection in both ears. Sometimes you'll see me, I'll I'll adjust my, my headphones because, well, I'll tell you the truth. One day I put the headphones on about three weeks ago, And there was a bug in the headphone that I didn't know about, an insect. And he crawled in my ear. And I had to jerk it off and get that insect out. Ever since then, I've been very tender with my earphones. But I've also had a struggle with infection in both of my ears. So I prayed. I asked Jesus what I should do. And all he'd say is, warm up some coconut oil and put that coconut oil in each ear. And so I've done that. And I'm much better. Is it all finished yet? No, it's not all finished. I don't want to go to a doctor and get an antibiotic unless Jesus tells me to. Am I afraid? Are you kidding me? Am I discouraged? Are you kidding me? Really? How can I be possibly discouraged when Jesus has everything? When he's my Lord and my Savior? So, no, I'm not discouraged. Finances? He's been moving in people's hearts to give for the radio broadcast. Last month is covered. I rejoice in him. The rent's paid for this month. I haven't been late one time with rent. It's come right to the edge several times. But see, I don't live with fear. I confess, I used to be totally consumed with fear. Fear of want, fear of of sickness, fear of lack of love, fear, fear, fear. I'm not anymore. Why? Because the promises of God told me I no longer needed to be afraid and told me that he would carry me. Oh, he carries me. I went down to Florida to visit my two brothers and mom from Cuba. <laughs> and Gino kept saying to me are you happy he would look very serious are you happy and I'd answer him I'm happier than you are <laughs> they were such good tonic for me they were such they were so kind and hospitable I'll never forget that time down there I'm planning on going again And I'm planning on having them come up here and we'll do some radio interviews with them. God brings such beautiful people into my life. Can I tell you, please? Peter is saying, He has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. That's awesome. Now, if you possess these qualities, that is kindness and goodness, and self-control. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from all past sins. You were cleansed from all past sins, and now you are The expectation of Peter, the expectation of Paul, is that you will not even once more sin again against God. In the sixth chapter of Romans, Paul says you have been given a standard of teaching. That standard of teaching is that you are set free in Jesus from sin. You no longer walk in sin. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I will always remind you of these things. Peter is getting ready to die on the cross. He knows that. This is his last word to us. He's saying, I'm, I'm going to remind you, I'm going to write this to remind you to refresh your memory because I know that I will soon put my body aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I'll make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. That's why he's written, Peter. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power, the dynamite power, and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the heavens, saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We all heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you'll do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation, For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This word that I'm speaking to you today is not Ray Greenlee's word. It's the word of the living God of heaven. It is the expectation of Scripture that you will not sin against God, and he gives you his divine promises so you can participate in that divine nature and turn aside from wickedness. And when you do, your heart will be filled with joy. And if somebody says to you, are you happy? The answer is yes, I'm happier than you are. I'm explosively joyous because Jesus is Lord. doesn't matter how I feel. I'm not governed by my feelings. The joy and the happiness that I'm speaking about does not come out of an emotion that comes and goes. It stays with me. It is the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit so that no problem can steal my joy. No rejection can steal my joy because I am not rejected by Jesus Christ. If today you are walking in obedience to his command, if you have repented of your sin and your wickedness and you have left it behind, what's to fear? You are free in Jesus. He came to give you life and life more abundantly. He came to heal your body and restore your soul. He won't give you anything more than what you can bear. But he will bring discipline because he loves us. (laughs) And he wants us to turn aside from foolishness. He doesn't want us to rest in the television. He doesn't want us to rest in the foolishness of the world's entertainment. He doesn't want us to rest in the redskins. He doesn't want us to rest in this world. He wants us to rest in Jesus. Hebrews, fourth chapter. Enter into the rest of in that rest is found incredible joy. In that rest is found incredible dynamite power. Some of you, I know, because I know many of you, are slaving away day after day. Life is hard. Every time I talk with you, life is hard. Hard, hard, hard. That's not Jesus. That's flesh. That's not faith. That's works. (laughs) You see, righteousness does not come by the law. Righteousness comes by the blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary. And as we receive that wonderful gift of faith, the faith of Jesus, not something we work up in ourselves, but the wonderful faith of Jesus, and we read these wonderful, precious promises Our heart is quickened and joy fills us. And with that joy comes healing and a wonderful life. In that precious promise of the divine nature is the gift of inconquerable love and mercy and caring for the needs of others. It destroys all selfishness in our hearts. Selfishness seems to be the chief of all sins. Every sin has at its root self. I want at the root, and at the root of my life, I have Jesus. He's the root of my life. He's the foundation of my life. That means selfishness has to be removed from my heart. Chintziness. Tightness with time and money and energy has to be removed from my heart. There has to be an open flowing of the power and presence of God through my life for others. For when the Holy Spirit comes, nothing is reserved anymore for me except Jesus. And Jesus cares for me so wonderfully. He loves me with such incredible love. I want to take some time. I want to pray with you. I also want to invite you to come on Sunday. If you're in the Washington metro area, and you need this joy in your heart, and you need to understand the gospel of Jesus in a new way, then I invite you to come, and a whole new horizon will open before you. If you need healing, come, we'll pray for you. But let's pray now. Lord Jesus, I come by your spirit, praying for each person who is listening today to this broadcast. Lord, I know that many who are listening do not have this joy, this explosive joy in their hearts. And Lord, I'm asking that you would show them what the block is in their heart that they need to surrender to you that this peace and joy of the Holy Spirit could fill their hearts and enliven them and heal them emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Lord, I rejoice in you today. I am so excited to say Jesus is my Lord to confess openly and honestly, it was not me, it was not my work, it was not my labor, it was you, Jesus. It was your Holy Spirit, Jesus. Thank you. Now, I know there are some listening who are in very difficult situations. They don't know how they're going to make financially what they need to make. Or they're sick and they don't know how the doctors can possibly heal them. Lord, I'm asking would you put your arms around each person listening? Would you remove the resistance to joy? In their hearts Lord would you remove the resistance to joy from their hearts Lord I know that joy is a byproduct it comes out of a crucifixion it comes out of a surrender of self it comes from being nothing And giving it all to you, Jesus. So please, Lord. Would you come now? Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you and I worship you. I honor your mighty name. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are worthy. You are worthy, Jesus, for all honor and glory and praise. And we thank you for healing. We thank you for restoring right now. We thank you right now for an answer to the financial crisis. Lord, I know from experience that you are the one who must carry us or we will not make it through this journey. Lord, thank you. Oh, living God of heaven, Jesus, 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 I worship you. I praise you. Thank you for your kindness to me. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I hope you've enjoyed today's broadcast and that it's brought you into a new place where you're willing to walk away from the darkness, the depression, the fear, where you're willing to walk away from the world, the flesh, and the devil because Jesus is everything. He's enough, and he loves you, and he's seeking you right now, or you wouldn't be listening. Now, I am going to invite you again to come on Sunday. If you need help, come. We know the one who helps You can go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and there are all the information you will find, the address, the map, everything you need. You're welcome to come. It's a very small group, but you're welcome to come. Now, I also would love to hear from you. You can go to nationalprayerchapel.com, go to the upper right hand corner, click on the button, and it will open a page where you can donate either a one time donation or a regular monthly donation or weekly donation. Thank you for each one of you who has done that. And also, every day I go to the post office and I pray, Lord. Thank you for what's in the box and thank you for what's not in the box. Whatever it is, it's in your hands. You control each person. Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Let me give you that address again. It's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Do you have resistance in your heart to joy? Are you hanging on to something that you think you have to have? Are you hanging on to some vice? some anger, some resentment. Confess it to Jesus. Ask him to take it. This is not about saying some sinner's prayer. They're worthless. It's about confessing specific sins and asking Jesus specifically to deal with your heart based on a promise of Scripture. Well, you're not going to know what the promises are if you're not reading the Scriptures, so read the Scriptures. They're God's Word to you. It's His love letter to you. Turn the TV off and, and read the Scriptures. Go away from the videos and the YouTubes and the, and the cell phone and read the Scriptures. How can you access the promises of God if you don't even know they're there? They're sprinkled everywhere in the scriptures, Old and New Testament alike. Find those promises and jot them down. And then enter into the divine nature via that promise. And watch as Jesus totally transforms your heart and your life and he answers the cry of your heart. Enter into those promises for your husband or your wife, for your children. There are promises for every area of life, and Jesus wants you to use them. It's like having a million dollars in the bank, but if you don't go to the bank and draw the money out, it's of no use to you. Go to the scriptures. Draw the promises out of scripture and stand on them. You've guessed it. I do love you and I pray for you and I want to meet you in person and I'm praying that soon I can announce a time and place where you could come and I could give you a hug. I want to meet you. I love you, my brother and my sister. Go in his peace today and be filled with his joy. I'll talk to you soon.